We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hybe, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Hey, everybody. Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at LJ Hybe and on Facebook. This week's guest is Christopher Gerg. He is the CISO and VP of Cyber Risk Management at Will uh, at Gilware. He is a technical lead with over 20 years of information security experience, tackling the challenges of cloud-based hosting, DevOps, managed security services, e-commerce, healthcare, financial, and payment card industries. He has worked in mature information security teams, as well as building secure technical environments, all while working with the boardroom to promote executive understanding and support. Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks very much. I'm excited because this is a super hot topic, the industry that you're in right now. And I think you're going to have lots of insights to share with our listeners. So, I hope so. Um, your company does a lot of work with incident response. What is the most common kind of attack that you're seeing right now? Well, I think probably over 95% of what we're seeing is uh, has to do with ransomware uh, and wire transfer fraud. Um, I'll start with wire transfer fraud because that's more a human problem than it is a technical problem. And it's really just someone tricking someone else into transferring money where they, they shouldn't. Um, that could be uh, they've compromised the email and are, are watching emails go back and forth and they see that the C- CFO is is paying some money, they're buying some bulldozers or something like that. And uh, they, they jump in the middle of the conversation and say, oh, I'm sorry, I got the account number wrong, use this one. Um, and then the money just disappears. So that's actually a pretty common thing to happen. Um, the, other, the other one is, is the, the 800 pound gorilla that we're dealing with and that's ransomware. And, and a lot of people have in their mind what ransomware is. And I, I, think, I think what a lot of people have in their mind is, is wrong, frankly. Um, you don't just get something in your email, double click it, and then you have ransomware. Um, ransomware is the, the last step in, in kind of a conventional attack and a conventional hack um, where they've been in your environment for four to eight months or longer. And they find where, <laughs> I jokingly say, the soft, chewy center of your company is and, and encrypt that so that um, you're, you're almost forced to pay the ransom or face a huge amount of downtime. Oh, that sounds terrible for any business, small or large. Right. And, and they're not targeting. It's not all just, you know, GE and, and Microsoft that are getting attacked. It's, it's, it's small, medium and large companies. So what advice do you offer to help organizations protect themselves from these types of incidents? Um, a lot of times it's the, it's the information security kind of fundamentals. Um, multi-factor authentication, the little code generator app on your smartphone mm-hmm. um, uh, is, is a good start. Um, locking down services that, that are available to the public internet. Uh, Windows Remote Desktop Protocol, RDP, it's, it's a way to get a remote desktop on a computer and people use that for remote access to their computers from, from like trying to work from home or something. Um, RDP is actively being exploited and attacked um, across the board. If you have RDP open to the public internet, you've, if you've not been hacked, you're lucky. Um, it's, it's, it's 
pretty astonishing how many organizations have been compromised through through open RDP. Um, but uh, the, I think the, the two other things would maybe be make sure everything's up to date with patches, which sounds like a broken record. And you'd think that everyone did that. But but even the big hacks that you hear about, um, Equifax uh, was an unpatched Apache stretch server sitting out there. Um, it, even big companies have a tough time doing it for some reason. Um, so keep things up to date with patches, especially if they're exposed to the public internet. Um, and uh, uh, I think finally, just kind of awareness. The, I coined the term, I, I didn't come up with it, but I'm using it a lot more, is the human firewall. The people sitting at the desk are a, are a big and important component to your information security program. And so the people sitting at the desk and, and checking their email and doing your company's business um, really need to be aware of, of, you know, what to click on, what not to click on, what looks, what, what smells funny and shouldn't be, shouldn't be inter interacted with and, and should just be deleted out of hand. But that, that information security awareness training uh, and, and uh, just capability at the desktop is, is a big deal. How would you recommend a small organization such as my myself um, help to educate the other team members and, and to make sure that they're not clicking on? I mean, you talked about information security training. Do you, what programs do small businesses have that only have a staff of, you know, five to 20 people? Well, you... A lot of the, the, the companies we recommend, um, and, and there's, there's a few big hitters out there. There's one that's actually local to me called the InfoSec Institute. Um, they do like online secu information security awareness training and also phishing testing. Um, and, and they really charge by the seat. And so it, it almost doesn't matter if you're uh, a four-person shop or a, a 3,000-person shop. Um, you're, you're, you're paying just a, a fixed amount. It, it may be, you know, tens of dollars a month. Um, but that, that training is, is kind of a big deal. And the, and the nice thing too, is it's, it's not just information security awareness training. There's also, um, kind of the certification training too. So a lot of these companies that do information security awareness training also do other kinds of training. And you might find, I hate to use the S word, but synergy, um, with the service that, uh, could help you with training in other areas too. Sure. That makes sense. Yeah. Wow. Um, so do you see smaller companies or these larger corporate entities kind of getting the majority of these attacks? Um, it, it varies. Um, I, I, I think it's, it's, it's pretty democratic, <laughs> democratic and how it, it goes after things. Everyone has a chance of, of getting it. Um, they really just scan for like, like vulnerable services and if they find one they get in and once so the other the other aspect of this that that kind of blew my mind when i i started doing this kind of work is th these are these are organized essentially companies that are doing these criminal activities they've got hmm. help desks they've got websites they have email addresses um and so they have different teams and and there's some teams that just scan in an automated way the entire internet looking for vulnerable services. If they find one, they try to exploit it, usually again in an automated way. And if they get one, it, it shows up in a list. And then they, they pass that list to the, the next phase, the other team, and they try to exploit it. And if they can exploit it, they get in. Once they're in, um, either through email or through a vulnerable service, they uh, then download software so that they have more of a foothold in your environment and then just start exploring. Um, 
sometimes there's there's a third team that that does the hunt for your backups and for the databases that have your intellectual property and they identify what the ransomware uh, should what where they should deploy the ransomware um, and and if you think about it if they if they're able to get into your backups and able to get into your important systems and they encrypt those first you can't recover from encrypted backups um, and so you're almost forced to pay the ransom or forced to rebuild everything from scratch and so they're diabolically clever they're they're incredibly well organized and uh, uh, you know th this is this is something that's a, a tried and true way of getting money Wow. So I, I've got one more question before we move into my fun networking questions. Sure. Um, you know, a lot of people are, are shifting from having their internal server structure for, you know, whatever file storage to moving to the cloud. Is there pros and cons from having, you know, all of your company documentation on the cloud versus keeping it in, in an internal server? Well, I think I think the only risk is one of you know, people, people take the assumption that, that someone else is taking care of it, um, that where they just kind of throw the responsibility for security over the wall to the cloud provider. Mm -hmm. But in reality, and, and, and I, I use this term a lot, I've been accused of being a t-shirt slogan factory, but um, <laughs> it's someone else's computer and someone else's data center. Um, yeah. It's still a computer, whether it's virtual or not, it's still sitting in a rack somewhere. It's still plugged into a network somewhere. Um, and it's still sitting in a, in a building somewhere. And so um, if you, if you have that in your mind and you just treat it like you're, you're, you're leasing the machine from a, a hardware vendor and storing it in a co-location facility, um, your, your, your responsibilities are the same. If you've got You've got critical critical data being backed up. You need to secure that critical data. If you've got um, sensitive data being transmitted, you need to encrypt that when it's being transmitted. So, I mean, your responsibilities are the same. The, the systems, you need to understand what, what parts of the stack you're responsible for patching and updating and uh, uh, make sure that whatever cloud provider you're using is taking care of the things they say they are. Mm -hmm. uh, or you're just going to be in the same situation if you have a server room or you have those servers sitting up in the cloud. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really good advice. Thank you so much. Um, well, as you know, the show is really focused on networking. So uh, my goal is to really help alleviate any fear that people have with the topic of networking or when they hear that word or someone asks them to go to a networking event. So can you help our listeners kind of... Um, remove some of that fear by sharing one of your favorite networking story, uh, stories or experiences that you've had? Well, I, I think, I think I've, I've made, I've been successful in my job because of relationships. You know, I, I, I joke again, here's the t-shirt slogan <laughs> that, that there's, there's kind of two kinds of nerds. Um, the kind that you slide a pizza under the door and they, they get work done, but they don't like to talk to people. And then you have the kind that can talk to people. Um, I'm, I like to think I'm, I'm the type that can talk to people, um, both to explain stuff, but then it's also provided a benefit because those relationships um, allow you to get stuff done um, inside your organization. Um, but I've also found that, that those relationships are vitally important. My, my CEO is named Scott Holowinski. He, he's got uh, a thing that I've adopted that, you know, if you've got a chance to go out and have coffee with someone, whether they're in your, your field or not, um, go have coffee with them or, or if they invite you out to lunch or whatever, you're going to learn something. 
Mm-hmm. You're going to make a connection. Um, hopefully you're going to demonstrate that you're, you're competent in what you do. And then down the road sometime, and it's happened, it's happened dozens of times where I had a conversation with someone um, or I just kind of ran into them at a networking event, whether it's the you know chamber of commerce event or something like that. And uh, we just talked and, you know, you know, what do you do in your business and what are you doing? You know, what are the challenges and, Oh, that's really interesting. And you, you get to know each other on a personal level. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, down the line, they're talking to someone and they say, Oh my gosh, we, we might, we think we might have ransomware. Oh, you should call this guy I met, um, who, whose company does that. I mean, it's, it's, it's hugely important. And, and in fact, um, people I've worked with in the past dozens of years ago, um, like I, I've, I've stayed connected with one of them, uh, you know, stood up uh, in my, in my marriage 10 years after I worked with him. Um, <laughs> And uh, uh, keeping those connections is huge. In fact, the, the job I'm in right now came from uh, a, an acquaintance of mine that I, I haven't worked with in 20 years, um, but we've stayed connected. And, and he heard about an opportunity and, and gave me a call and said, they're looking for someone. So, um, you know, that it, 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 it doesn't have to be hard. It's just, it's just talking to people. And it seems like, you know... If, if you're not talking to someone through Snapchat or Instagram, that, that it's, it's a difficult thing, but you know, people are people. Um, that's, that's one of the things, you know, people get nervous talking about the, the quote unquote board of directors, like they're, they're super people or whatever, but they're, they're, they're just people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, people like to talk to people. They like to talk about themselves. And, and I think that that'd be a word of advice too, is, is ask questions people are way more interested in talking about themselves than they are hearing about what's going on in your life. Yeah, no, that that's great. I think it's great that you, I mean, where you are today is because of the relationships that you've built in the past. Um, and I'm definitely an advocate of, you know, it doesn't hurt to sit down and have a cup of coffee with someone and really just get to know them regardless if there's an immediate opportunity that, you know, could potentially present itself. So, Chris, how do you stay in front of or best nurture these relationships? I mean, you've talked about having people that you're in touch with, you know, that you worked with, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Um, I think it's uh, it takes some effort. Um, you know, it's kind of the curse of the organized person. If, if I didn't organize uh, get togethers with my friends, they probably just wouldn't happen. Um, whether we're getting together to play, you know, Dungeons and Dragons or whatever else, or just, just get together for beers after work. I Mm -hmm. I usually seem to be the one to organize it. Um, and, and it's a little bit of a burden, but I get to see my friends. And so it's absolutely worth it. And when you look at the, at the big picture, um, and, and we're not talking about friends, it takes some effort to find, um, whether they're meetups in the area or, or chamber of commerce events. I, we've gotten a lot of, uh, I've had a lot of really good times going to some of these Madison Chamber of Commerce, um, Greater Madison Chamber of Commerce events. Um, they're, they're well organized and well attended, and, and you meet a lot of really interesting people. And um, you know, it takes some effort, and you need to step away from your desk to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think I think the benefits outweigh the inconvenience for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I agree 100%. It, it takes time, but I mean, what doesn't take time? <laughs> Every, everything. Um, requires some investment to some extent and and the organization whether it's you know just having a plan and and moving forward and executing that well if if you look at it if you take the perspective that it is an investment and Mm -hmm. that that it's not an inconvenience you're really it really is it's good for you it's good for your company 
mm-hmm. if you're thinking, if you're if you're able to talk to people, um, and and it's it's worth the time. Yeah, absolutely. What advice would you offer the business professional who's looking to grow their network? Um, I think a lot of people kind of take the, the, the LinkedIn approach. LinkedIn's become a little bit of Facebook and mm-hmm. they just look at how many connections they've got. And that's, and that's fine. Um, but, but I, I'm, I'm pretty miserly with, a, with, you know, I get connections from recruiters all the time and people trying to sell me something and I, I just, I don't connect with them. Um, I, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty careful with who I connect with unless I've met them face to face usually. Um, so I think, I think the, the, the best advice to growing the community is find, find organizations that do what you do. I'm in information security and risk management. There's, there's, there's multiple ISACA, um, other, other, uh, the UWE Business Consortium. Um, there are there are professional organizations that aren't, you know, the the Masonic Temple or something like that. That are are more focused on the stuff you're interested in. Whether it's you go to Meetup.com, I think it's Meetup.com, um, where where they've got groups of people that that are are Python programmers or are information security people or or just like to take things apart. Whether it's it's small engines or whatever, um, get out there. Um, find groups of like-minded people and, and, you know, I'm fortunate in my job that, that it's part occupation and part avocation. I mean, (laughs) I really like doing what I do. Um, And so I can go as part, part of my hobby and go talk about what I do for work. But, um, you know, the, the connections you make that, that are or aren't related to your, your specific job will have benefits. You just need to get to know people face to face. But if you can, if you can find a, a balance there um, where, where it's also related to stuff you do, that that's going to help you professionally as well. Totally. So you talked about LinkedIn a little bit and you've talked about attending events through Meetup or the Chamber of Commerce between digital networking and traditional networking. Which one do you find more value in? Um, I think, I think keeping in, you need the digital side to keep in touch. Um, cause that's just how people keep in touch. Yep. Um, I, I, I don't answer my phone. It has to go to voicemail, you know? Um, so even to that degree, people just don't talk on the phone anymore. So sure. um, you need to go to these in-person things, whether it's a conference or a symposium or it's a meetup group or a, a, a you know, whatever community event thing, um, I, I think it's I think it's more important to meet people face to face. I do a lot of assessment work, and uh, I can do that work remotely using video conferencing or whatever else. But if I can sit at the table with somebody, I get a lot more value out of it, and uh, the time is is much better spent. Um, and I, and it, you know, it's literally a personal connection. I think that's that's more important. And it and even if I am on site doing an assessment, if I talk to someone face to face and I send them an email later they're less likely to ignore me. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's value in in meeting people face-to-face just in my job. Um, But but when it comes to networking, I think there's there's huge value in meeting people face-to-face. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I like how you said to leverage digital to really keep in touch or maintain the relationship going forward. All right, so Chris, if you could go back to your 20-year-old self, what would you tell yourself to do more of, less of, or differently with regards to your professional career? Um, I think, I think 20 years ago, I was, 
I was, a, I'm not going to say a workaholic, but cause I, I mean, I like what I do. Um, but I think I would have better work-life balance. Um, I think I, I'm getting my private pilot's license right now. It's something oh. I've wanted to do since I was a little kid. Um, I would have told myself 20 years ago to take the time and do it then. Mm-hmm. Um, because think of all the, think of all the flying I didn't do. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, take time, take time for you and have good work-life balance. I mean, um, I have in the past probably 10 years been rain or shine or snow or whatever else been, been going for at least a three mile, uh, vigorous walk hike. Um, I live in a right near a state park. And so I'm able to go every day. And there's this, there's this old Buddhist saying that, that every person should have 30 days or 30 minutes a day out in nature. And if you don't have the time for that 30 minutes, you should spend 60 minutes outside in nature um, mm-hmm. because you probably need it more. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I, I kind of took that to heart. And, and I actually find that I get more done during the day if I take that time and walk. It's kind of like active meditation where you kind of organize the, all, the, all the, the spinning plates in your head. And, sure, yeah. Uh, and I, I'm way more effective if, I, if I'm able to kind of shut things down for a little bit. Totally understand and appreciate that. I've definitely found um, a walk or meditating, you know, just sitting and meditating for 10 minutes even in the morning has a significant impact on the overall productivity of my day. Yeah, no question. And then I'm, I'm also less fat, so that's good too. <laughs> There's that positive that comes up. <laughs> um so we've all heard of the six degrees of separation. Who would be the one person that you'd love to connect with? And do you think you could do it within the sixth degree? Um, I think I would love to sit down and chat with Bill Gates. Cool. Um, um, you know, he's, he, I, I think he's a, he's a little on the, on the Asperger spectrum, um, but he's got a lot of incredible insights and he's doing, he's doing what I would hope people with his uh, affluence and influence would do. Um, One of the, one of the most incredible charity stories there is um, and, and his ability to influence public opinion is, is incredible. I'd love to pick his brain. That sounds really like a fantastic um, opportunity. I think so. I mean, he's have so much insight, I'm sure. Um, what would you do to, how would you start that journey to connect with him? Well, I've, I, I'm, I thought about this quite a bit when I, like I got the questions mm-hmm. ahead of time. And uh, there, was, there was a time, again, probably 20 years ago that I was at uh, the DEF CON convention in Las Vegas. And it was in the old days when there was maybe, you know, less than 2000 people attending the conference. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was sitting, it's at the Alexis park in, uh, in Las Vegas. And, uh, I was sitting there and I had a couple red bulls sitting next to me and a guy walks up and goes, Oh, those red bulls, they had just kind of come out in the U S. Sure. Said, yeah. You want one? And he goes, sure. And he sat down it was Bruce Schneier. Um, and Bruce Schneier is, is a big deal in the information security community. He wrote, uh, the book applied cryptography. He, is now a pundit, um, just a really, really good guy. And we just kind of hit it off and started chatting. So maybe I'd, I'd hook, I'd look, look up him, uh, to start that chain. Uh, or I, I did work with a, uh, worked with a startup a little while ago. Um, and I met the, the chief information security officer for the, the healthcare vertical in the cloud computing at Microsoft. Um, I think that'd be a, that'd be a, a kind of a cheat 
but um, might be able to get in the door that way too. So what's stopping you from leveraging those connections that you have and trying to make it happen, right? Maybe I should do that. You should. You should definitely start the process and report back and let us know how far you got. All right, I'll do that. Awesome. (laughs) Okay, Chris, here's your chance to interview me. What is something that you would like to ask me? How did you how did you get into what you're doing now? Um, from uh, the podcasting perspective yeah. or the business that I own. I mean, there's, I do a lot of different things. <laughs> um, podcasting, uh, the short story is that I had a colleague and mentor ask me to be a guest on his show. Um, I was really kind of hesitant and wasn't excited to do it. Um, but he kept poking me and saying, hey, you should be a guest. And I did it and I had a lot of fun doing it. <laughs> so much fun that I decided to start my own show. Um, so, you know, as a, as a business owner, small business owner, thought leadership and my personal brand is extremely important. So I found that this is the best channel for me. Um, easy. Uh, it's a level of comfort. Um, and I love meeting new people and hearing and learning their stories and backgrounds and letting you share your expertise. I just think it's, it's a great channel. And, um, let's see, I think you are episode, oh, I don't know an episode number, but we, I've done over 200 of these, which is oh, blows my mind. <laughs> um, it's a ton of fun. And I've been, I've been toying with the idea. We had uh, a guy I work with and I were talking and, and you know how they have the, the YouTube channel it's minute physics where they'll sure. take some physics thing and, and spend a minute talking about it sure thought about doing uh, a minute information security or something like that yeah um because there's there's it can a lot of people need a glossary um when they're talking to security nerds sure um, and maybe that could that could be that we also talked about i don't know if you've seen the tv show drunk history oh yeah um we talked about doing drunk information security but <laughs> but i don't know if that's a good idea yeah well um, if you need some help or want to ping some ideas around on that, um, that'd, that'd be fun. Uh, all right, Chris. So any final word or advice off our listeners with regards to growing and supporting your network? Um, don't, don't be afraid to go out there, prioritize it. Um, it, it, it is important. Um, being able to look someone in the eye and, and talk about what you do and, and be excited and passionate about it speaks volumes. Um, and, and let people know how competent you are. I think that's great. I, I think, you know, just get over that fear of getting out there is, and making it a priority. Those are both really important pieces of advice. And you're going to find it's fun. It is fun. I found it's fun. <laughs> it took me a while, but yeah, I, I love it. If anyone was interested in getting in contact with you, what is the best way that they can reach you? Um, Either through our website, which is just www.gilware.com, or or they can email me at at cgerg c g e r g at gilware.com. Um, we are uh, that that's going to work probably in in perpetuity or whatever they call it, but in perpetuity. <laughs> uh, um, we are changing uh, our part of the company is kind of spinning off as its own vessel, and um, our new company name is going to be Tetra Defense. Um, we're moving to a new, new office and going to have a new website and all that stuff, but gilware.com will still get to me. 
Fantastic. Great. Um, thank you so much for taking time to share your stories and expertise with us. It was a lot of fun to have you on the show. It was my pleasure. If I can be of uh, any assistance in the future, don't hesitate to reach out. Absolutely. This wraps up our episode of Social Capital. A huge thank you to Chris Kirk for taking the time to connect with us. If you'd like to connect with us even further, please join our Facebook group. Look for Social Capital Networking. Connect with our guests and listeners and learn more about their networks and share your network. In addition, join us next week for another great guest as we continue the conversation on networking and building your community. If you need me, send an email to Lori at socialcapitalpodcast.com. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.